No, that was just <laughs> period. So we get like I get bottled up. This is this is how I work in this. I get bottled up to the point where I have to explode with an opinion, okay. and then I then I'm right. good, and then I okay. can ask a few more three or four questions. <laughs> a lot of insight into my psychology or psychosis. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Human Element Cares podcast on modern marketing. And we are breaking news today. I'm so excited about this. I am joined by my good friend, Angela Steele, the newly announced CEO of Care US. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. Well, I tell you what, this is super exciting news. So I'm so glad that you could make a little time so that we could uh, at least half break it on this pod. I know it's going to be in the (laughs) trades first, but this is going to be in the same time frame. So let's start here. You know, obviously it's a significant role. What sort of emotions come into play when when you found out that this was going to be, you know, your next opportunity? I don't think it was much of an emotional decision. It was very much a rational decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a decision that was made over time. So it wasn't like there was this big, like, here you go. <laughs> Surprise! Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think it was it was actually not emotion at all. It was rational and it was very considered and and thoughtful throughout a series of discussions. Leave it to a grown up holding company to take all the drama out of it. <laughs> You've been here four years now, ish. Four somewhere? years, yeah. Yeah. What does Kara mean to you? Kara is the crown jewel of what we have to offer at Dan. And Kara is the entry point to a lot of what we can bring to our clients from Dan. And I can say that because when I came into Kara, I came as a Dentsu Aegis employee mm. and I worked across all of our capabilities on the GM business. And I was responsible for all the work that we did across every entity, there are eight of them employed on mm. GM. And it gave me perspective because to GM, we were all Kara. And it was all of the opcos that you would expect were part of that business model at the time, still are. But to the client, we were Kara. And I think that's the thing that's important for all of us to remember at Kara is that we have a responsibility, not just to ourselves, but to the entire network because we are that front door. We are the face. And it's also our responsibility to make sure we are bringing the best of the network to our clients because we're the throat to choke if we don't. It's one of the things I've come to learn here myself is that we are unique in the world of holding companies and that we are the only holding company environment that is driven in its global network by media first, not by a creative network. And that is a really interesting, I think, differentiated position, particularly as media has changed. What's your sort of perspective on how our obligations as a media agency have shifted to kind of meet the changing demand or the changing asks from clients? Yeah. Over the last two years, we have had so many conversations with clients where clients are using phrases like, media-led creative, media-led ad experiences, media-led content. And what they're really saying is that media has access to a better understanding of people and what people do. Media are the ones who are orchestrating where they show up 
when they show up. And we also need to have a role in how they show up. That is a shift that we're seeing more and more as clients want us to have a stronger voice and guiding the other capabilities that are brought to the table. What are the implications of that in how we plug into creative shops? It means we need to be working more closely Mm. with our creative counterparts because it's what our clients expect and want us to do. And it gives us an interesting role with them. And in cases where we are doing this really well, we have really strong relationships. The creative agencies value what we bring to the table and vice versa. And that's the way that it needs to work. This ongoing sort of murmur growing into a bit of a a semi-roar around, can't we just bring creative media together again? You know, there seems to be this refrain that's been growing, certainly in the year I've been here, and I think it's getting a bit stronger. Do you hear that as well? I hear it, but I don't hear it as much from clients, Mm. surprisingly. Clients want the two to work together. Most importantly, clients want a way of working between the two. And that's the question that we get most often is, to Kara, how do we enable creative agencies? How do we work with them? But it's not so much about bringing the two together, but it's creating the ways of working so that they really are in lockstep. And that gets to some of the work that we're hoping to debut shortly. We are working on sort of a a new reimagination or a a new incarnation of the way that we work that has deep connection into design thinking and, and the principles of design thinking and speed and multidisciplinary teams. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yes, absolutely. So we will be launching our new approach, which is born out of the needs of our clients. And it's to the things that you've been speaking of, which mm-hmm. is a deeper understanding of people, what matters to them, the experiences that are going to connect with them, and what is the message or the content that's needed to deliver on that. And being in a media role, we as Kara have the ability to see many aspects of what the customer is doing because we have access to those signals and what's happening. So we're in the best position to help clients orchestrate experiences across the entire journey, to Hmm. orchestrate the experience, everything from understanding the consumer to how a brand shows up and creates meaning with that consumer. Yeah, I'm super excited about it. There'll be a lot more to come, but I'm I'm glad we touched on that. And do you have a sense, and I know it's like quite literally day one, but surely you've thought a little bit about maybe there's two or three places that you want to spend your time initially. Do you mind sharing what those might be? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm really fortunate that I have a little bit of lead time before it's officially official on January 1st. So I'm... I'm really grateful that I get to use this time to prep. And the biggest thing that I want to do is listen. I want to listen to our people. The people that are doing the work day-to-day for clients have a perspective that we don't always get Mm. in different roles in the agency. So I want to listen to our people and hear what's important to them, what's important to their clients. I want to listen to our clients. I want to use this time to sit with clients and understand what their perceptions are and what we can do to be even stronger partners with them and make Kara the most valuable partner that they work with. Mm. So I really want to spend the first 30 days listening and understanding. Beyond that, then we need to act really fast. (laughs) And I need to start sprinting. (laughs) Be a slow jog, then a sprint. We did a little panel a few weeks ago, which, by the way, you can find in our podcast, which touched a little bit on 2020. 
Has anything changed in your perspective on what 2020 is going to feel like? Nothing has changed on 2020 since then. The things that were priorities then are still priorities now in terms of developing our capabilities, infusing more of what we're doing with the other capabilities of the network and data, continuing down a path of making sure that we don't lose our creativity as an agency. We've been developing these capabilities around data and and people-based creativity needs to continue to be a part of that. I think the thing that has changed is I want to make sure we have consistency Mm. across our businesses. I have had the pleasure of being most involved with clients where we've done the best work, but I want to make sure that we're doing that level of work across all of our clients. Mm. And I want to make sure that all of our teams feel equipped with the tools and the resources that they need to do our best work across every single one of our clients. Yeah, that's a critical bit of the marketing services business is making sure that that is extended at scale and that you try to make, you know, years four, five, six, ten better than day one. That's right. Yeah. Let's change gears a little bit. As you look at clients, what are you hearing are sort of the one or two biggest challenges that they're facing at the minute? It's a very timely question. I'm just coming out of a three-hour meeting with a client who expressed how dramatically their business has changed in the last three years in terms of what they do as a marketing organization, but their business as a whole. And all of our clients' businesses are being disrupted. Mm -hmm. It's an overused word, but the way this client put it was just simply that we've had so much dramatic change and they need a partner who can not only keep up with that change, but guide them and help them see around corners. And I think that's the biggest thing. Whatever business they're in, whether it's CPG and being disrupted by D2C, or whether it's a QSR that's being disrupted by delivery, we are in a position to partner. We have to partner more closely with our clients um, to help them figure out because you don't market in those worlds the same way you did in the old days. Yeah. How should agency and media partner relationships be evolving? And are we... Not just us, but I mean, as an industry, are we getting there or do we have a lot, are there a lot more things we should be doing? Both. There are some things that we are doing well and there are some things that we need to be doing together. I think our partners can be a good source of not just media partnerships, but I've seen and I've worked with them in a way where they are also a source of capability building. I think that's really important for us. And I think the shining star example of how we can work with media partners is what we're doing through the GMPs, Mm. where we bring them in, we share capabilities and together. For the outside audience, that's global media partners. Sorry, Sorry. go ahead. Yeah, the global media partnerships. (laughs) But that's a best-in-class example where the intent of those is to take the best of what they have the best of what we have and put them together to achieve joint business objectives. We do it on a client by client basis. We do it on an agency by agency basis, but it works best when it's about building capability and taking what we both can bring to the table to do that for each other. What obligation do we have or what role should we be playing as it relates to some of the digital platforms and the issues they continue to find themselves in around data and privacy and 
brand safety and real and fake information. What is our role in that, in your opinion? I think we have a really critical role, and you're going to regret asking this because it's a bit of a soapbox from... Oh, I love this. (laughs) This is great. From my days uh, when I was on the General Motors business, which is a big client that does a lot with those big platforms. And they expect us to be the industry voice on their behalf. And they say to us, you have the clout and the scale of Dentsu Aegis Network. You need to be our voice and what we want. You need to take a hard stance and you need to have a point of view. And I firmly believe that's what we need to do because we have more influence, because we have the breadth and depth of clients that we do. Yep. I agree with you completely. I think we have a responsibility. We do. I told you it was a soapbox. Not yeah, done no, yet. I, I love that. You keep going. <laughs> I, I, I think you're exactly right. And I think the responsibility is not simply on our clients' behalf. It is on their customers' behalf. Completely. Yeah. It's our responsibility to take a more active stance because right now, the people who are making decisions are government officials or the publishers themselves. Yeah. It's not the consumers. We are the closest to the consumers, and we need to be pushing for what they want and what they value. Thank you. That was a great answer. I love the soapbox. I want to ask a question about role models, and I want to ask it in the context of you being a role model and how you use that to the benefit of the folks that we have here. You know, we we are a young organization and we are a female organization, right? We are 60 some odd percent female and by and large, they are younger populations, Mm -hmm. certainly than me. A, what obligation do you feel to them? And B, how do you sort of use that obligation as a platform to talk to them? Yeah, it's a really great question. It's an important one. And before I talk about my role as a role model, my role is influenced by the role models that I have had. Throughout my career, there have been various people who I've either admired their style and their integrity, or I've admired the way that they have loyalty and fight for their teams. The closest role model I can point to is my mother-in-law. She was a working mother. She worked full-time at points in her life. She was the breadwinner in the relationship. And I look to that as an example because it helps alleviate some of the concerns you may have. If she could do it, then I can do it. Mm. It's just that path has been blazed and I can see, but I also see like it's not going to be detrimental. There are huge benefits. I'm lucky that I have that kind of role model and it's not that common for that generation to have that kind of dynamic. But knowing how important that has been to me to believe that I could do this and it's a good thing, I want to do that for as many people as I can. My own daughters are my closest inspiration. I want them to feel like they can do anything that they want to do. Um, But I think it's important for all the women to work in our organization and not just women, but anyone who's in any kind of unique situation or growing a family, like it's important for anyone to feel like they can do it regardless of their circumstances. So have you told your kids yet? My kids are still pretty young. Yes. And I will answer that with a story. I was at a Halloween event a couple, I don't know, a month or so ago. And one of the parents came up to me and she was like, I didn't know you're a flight attendant. And I was like, I'm not. She's like, oh, well, Madeline told my daughter that her mom works on planes. So I thought you were a flight attendant. So I'm pretty sure, and Madeline thinks it's pretty cool. She tells people her mom's flight attendant. I wouldn't let her down. I'm not going to let her down. She's going to think I got demoted. So we're not telling the kids 
that I'm now a CEO. Uh, that's it's much really better funny. for them to think I'm a flight attendant. That's really funny. So we're going with it. Yeah, having had young kids of my own many millennia ago, it was often funny to watch as my kids cared more the location of where my office was, you know, like proximity to the American Girl doll store or, <laughs> uh, you know, how close it was to, you know, Madison Square Garden or, you know, those kinds of things as opposed to what it is I've actually done in my oh, life. Yeah. yeah. So. Do you look forward to telling them or are they just going to greet you with sort of, eh. It doesn't matter to them what I do. <laughs> they just want their hot cocoa and they want it now. <laughs> <laughs> The industry is making slow progress toward women in leadership positions. I, I do feel like there is some progress. What's your view on that progress? And what do you think we need to do more of? I think you're right. We are making progress. And I see many glimmers of progress around the industry. In order to accelerate that progress, it needs to be an effort that includes the highest levels of management, and it has to be about taking action to make those changes. And it's not just about women, it's about all forms of diversity and getting those people in those roles. I'm a little impatient with committees because committees aren't empowered to make hiring decisions, mm. and we need to have the action taken where hiring decisions are made, and then we need to make sure the people in those roles have the support they need to be successful. How do you define leadership? I define leadership by a way of acting versus a position. What did you want to be when you were growing up? I wanted to be in advertising. No. I really did. Are you kidding? I really did. I watched that show. What was that? Melrose Place? Yes, Melrose Place. Heather Locklear was yes. in advertising. Yes, yes, yes. I forget her. It was Amanda. I was. Amanda was the name it of her was. character. This is something when, that, that was actually more when I was a little older. When yeah. I was little, little, I wanted to be an astronaut. Really? I did. I used to write letters to NASA. Did you? I did. And they would send me posters, say thank you for writing, come visit our space center. What excites you most for 2020? Any topic in the industry, anything. I think the thing that excites me most for 2020 is back to the topic that you originally raised. I'm looking forward to significant tangible improvements on diversity mm. and all levels and all roles. And I think we will get there. Mm. Maybe not in 2020, but I think we will start to see more progress than we've seen in the past 10 years. Real strides. Mm -hmm. What worries you the most? What worries me the most are the things we have absolutely no control over, like <laughs> politics mm. and tariffs. And these things have tangible impact Recession. on our clients. Yeah. yeah. I mean, our clients, it will impact their business and it will impact our business. And there's nothing I can do about it. The other things we have control over. And yeah. we can respond. We can have a plan for how we will respond to those things. But I have no control over the economy, hmm. unfortunately. Well, you know, if you work on that, if we come up with a solution, <laughs> we could probably market that. So you've successfully made it to the new CEO lightning round. We've rebranded oh, it. Wow. <laughs> it's not any different, by the way. It's just, leave it to the marketing person and just give it a new name. <laughs> Most important band and album of your teenage years? Do I really have to answer this? Well, I don't understand why this is controversial. Okay. I really don't want to answer this. 
Uh, <laughs> now you have like if you're really gonna be like I've we've done this whole interview. So it was my about it was my first diversity concert. issues. We've talked about gender issues, and the thing you don't want to share is the most important album of your youth. Come on, here we go. Madonna. That's what's wrong with that? Like a virgin. Uh, but I mean, was the she's, best. She's got a, a Midwestern heritage, right? She does. Yeah, all right. She does. Okay. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that answer. All right. Okay, thanks. I mean, she's she has children. She's, she's she's still performing. Well, to be fair, you know, the Eagles are still performing. <laughs> the thing people should know about you, but they don't. I like to be told that I'm wrong. <laughs> I do. If someone is willing to say you're just not right. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I can trust you. The mm. worst thing is when someone will just look at you and nod. Yeah. And you're like, you don't agree, but you're not telling me. Mm. So I really like want to be told when someone disagrees. Well, there's a tip in that. There is. Thing you want people to know about how you'll approach this opportunity. I think there are a couple of things. The number one value I have as an individual and as a leader is ingenuity. It's my favorite word. Mm. And I think it's my favorite word because it embodies a couple of things. It's about invention and being creative. It's about problem solving and it's about initiative. And Mm. I think that's what contributes to people's success is that ability to not just identify the problem, but solve it in a creative way proactively. If we can just get that to be core to our culture, no one will be able to stop us. I love that. Thing you are most looking forward to about the holidays? Besides the food? Yes. Well, food, okay, food at the top of the list. Yeah. And not being on the plane, not working on the plane. That is huge, not being on the plane. <laughs> um, spending time with family. No. The holidays are so much fun with children and not being on the plane and getting to hang out and seeing it through their eyes. It's the best. It is the best. Angela, I can't thank you enough. And congratulations again. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. (laughs) Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of The Human Element. Remember, you can find us anywhere you find your pods. You can give us a like or subscribe. And we'll be out to you real soon. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.